0: Hello, welcome back, mindful grooving community. Sarah and Brittany here with a very special episode. On this episode, we interview Hope Whitwin. She is a singer, songwriter, composer, producer, educator, dancer. She has a new song out called Hollow and on this episode we're chatting about the making of Hollow, creative process, talking about personal stories through art and healing through art, but also the responsibility of the artist. It's a great conversation. We're really excited to share and we hope you enjoy
1: today we have a special guest we have singer songwriter producer educator forever and ever dancer um we have hope with us and just for me say your first and last name for me so that i get it right forever and ever
2: hope litwin litwin
1: okay cool so, Hope, we, we brought you here today <laughs> uh, because not only do you have a piece and a project coming out, which we'll talk about very soon, but as um, like I said before, you're also an educator and I wanted to, or we wanted to talk to you a little bit about songwriting and just creativity in general as a part of the healing process. So um, I guess let's just start off by what, what what songs releasing, what, what's going on, what do you got, what do you have for us?
2: Yeah. So I, I've made a lot of work in the past, but I've never done like an official launch release style thing for it. I kind of just like make it and then put it on the internet and I'm like, good, I did it. But this time <laughs> I was like, no, I want to do it right. Like, let's see how these kids are doing it. Let me see. <laughs> so I have a single called Hollow that I've been working on for quite a while. And it started as like a acapella piece that was really just an improvisation in the studio that then expanded into like drums, bass, like electronically affected voices and then kind of became a huge like mini rock opera or something, I don't know what I would call it. But um, I worked, initially the piece was an a cappella piece and I worked with a director in Brooklyn, um, Raquel Cedar on making kind of like a tone piece for it like a we were seeing how we could collaborate in a way that would make sense and she's really deep into like the horror film area so once she we did some shooting I was living in Newark New Jersey at the time and had this really creepy basement so we shot in the basement of my creepy house (laughs) and um and then when she gave me the first cut back I realized that the music didn't quite match the intensity of the story so then I went back in the studio and brought a drummer friend and brought a bassist and like amped everything up to the max and uh so we just like back and forth thing with that but um
1: I love that process by the way of like when you get to work with people were cinematographers, singers, dancers, mm-hmm. and it's like, is this not leveling up, but like, is this all gelling once these new ideas come in? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, let me go back and, you know, meet you there and-
2: so I love that. I like that. Let me meet you there. That's super fun. Yeah, because it's, I like art to be a conversation. That's my favorite thing, but it's, and sometimes you can manage it with yourself Ish, but it's so much better when you have other people that are like, you know, kind of pushing you and offering things that you wouldn't have expected and stuff. So um, yeah.
1: A listening party before the listening party. Cause you have people.
2: Totally. Yeah.
1: Your little unit before it goes yeah. out into the world.
2: So my music has always been kind of around the, area of emotional intelligence, I guess, to me, music is the language of emotion. So that's what it does best. But it is a pretty, it's, I would say the most abstract of all of the art forms, mm. um, just because of the place that it takes up, which is like, mm. it's very, it's like effervescent, like it's gone once I mean, we have recordings, so we can repeat the process. Right. But I guess similar to dance, like we were talking about earlier, um, you make it it lives in time and space, and then it's gone once it's uttered, and it has left so there's so i guess the nature of music to me is is a language of emotion but it also has this like because it is abstract it has like much more capacity to reach areas that we don't typically like live in but i think could really assist us in understanding the different facets of our lives that we've kind of blocked out for whatever reason and a lot of reasons that I've experienced blocking out different facets of myself is like trauma experiences so like the fight flight or freeze typically it's like a freeze response with traumatic experiences so I find that music is a really incredible way to um, kind of safely and gently bring yourself back into moments to like hold space to acknowledge different challenging emotions and then kind of like offer a way through them so that you can really release them, which very fair that other art forms do as well. But for me, a lot of my songwriting process is, is basically that process. Sure. It's like an excavation process, but with the intent to heal something that seems to be stuck there. So um, for yeah. me, that's what hollow is, but that's what a lot of my songs are and my process is based around, so.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. Sarah, I yes. felt you. you well, saying something? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say,
0: um, how, well, how do you, how did you specifically arrive to, you know, talking about um, your childhood trauma in Hollow? Um, or is it not necessarily your story, but how did it kind of transform to become what it is in this, in this song form?
2: I think that's a really good question. And a couple of people have been asking me this. And so it keeps, it makes me look at my own process and be like, wait, what exactly is happening? I think that um, hmm, that's an excellent question because it makes me look at like, what, what specifically are you doing in those moments? Right. Um, I think the word I keep coming back to is like excavation, because in my writing process, when I'm, hurting or when I'm really like stuck with something or I guess the reason I go to music and the reason I go to songs is because I can't figure out how to say it any other way. Like if I could call my friend on the phone and be like, here's the thing, that's what it is. I would do that. It's so much easier than like making a piece of art. (laughs) Making art is like so labor intensive that if I can do it any other way, I will. But like by the time I've gotten to music, typically it's because I don't know how else to find my way into it. So I'm kind of like leaning on music a little bit to be like, something's hidden. There's a thing I need to get to. I don't know exactly what it is, but I have an idea and I need these other tools. They're almost like more esoteric style tools to like find my way into that and live with it in a different way to approach it from a different perspective. So like, I'm a person who has a lot of questions, but I think I rely a lot, almost too much on like, my intellect to try and find my like get myself out of
1: think your way into spirituality or psychology
2: yeah or like get myself out of situate or like thing like okay i'm gonna make sure that that thing never happens again so i'm gonna do all of you know i'm gonna like map everything out so that that can never happen again or whatever but that's not not how things work ultimately we get in like these cycles where we replay traumas in our lives or whatever our karmic thing is over and over and over again like I call it like sh- same shit, different DJ, <laughs> where it's, it's <laughs> like, you think that you've gotten out of the cycle because you've like, like manipulated your environment to see if that could never happen again. But ultimately you haven't like shifted the thing inside that keeps drawing you to that same experience over and over again.
1: Right. right. So, or that-
2: yeah, so for me, like my writing is kind of, it's often an excavation of that, which is always goes back. I I was reading something today that said that therapy is always a process of making your ghosts your ancestors, so like realizing that the things that haunt you are actually kind of epigenetic traumas of things that you've learned and patterns that you've learned that then you unknowingly repeat but it because it's kind of like the water you swim in, it's very easy to get in this situation where you're like. Why does this keep happening? Like why? I wouldn't do this to myself. I wouldn't choose this for myself. Why does this keep happening? So it's very deeply embedded. So I guess for me, songwriting, creative processes, music is like a different way in at trying to figure out like how can I see the unseeable? How can I know like the seemingly unknowable? Like I'm aware that something's off and I'm aware that like Kind of on some level of these things that happen and then kind of keep happening in different iterations, but how do I kind of like grab that thing and name it and like call it what it is so that I can i don't know have some grasp on something
1: and and you did it, and good question because we're like <laughs> wait, mark, you did it, you named it it's called Holland.
2: I'm restless and needy, obsessive and clingy. I'm famished and hollow, relentless, and all those shamed emotions. I care if you comment, I'm desperate, I fall back every time you scream. I keep my head down, but I'm burning up now, listening to you breathe.
1: Yeah, we're just getting into your new release, Hollow, a little bit of what got you to the point of creating that piece specifically, a little bit of your process. Um, So let me just ask a little bit, what's one practical thing that you do, if you do, uh, most of the time when you're creating a song, what's your, well, I'm for sure going to do blank and Hmm. get into it.
2: Hmm. I think there is, for me anyway, a certain amount of like meditative space that I need. So whether it's like going on a super long walk with headphones before I get started or like, hmm. for me, the vibe has to be right. Like yeah. you can already see from like the lights in my studio. Like, there has to be yeah. like a whole lot of things have to be a certain way for me. I don't know. Yeah, there's, uh, a,
1: there's a pink glow. There's a, a pink glow. glow coming. Yeah,
2: there has to be a pink glow. Um, Yeah, for me, silence and meditative space is kind of where I need to start. And there's a lot of journaling that typically happens to kind of like, get through. I mean, there's, there's a lot of a lot gets thrown away, I would say, like, probably 95% of what I write gets thrown away. So kind of acknowledging that that's going to be part of the process. Um, I handwrite a lot of stuff too. I don't like writing on a computer if I can avoid it. Obviously with music production stuff, that is the nature of that. But with songwriting, everything's by hand for me. And, uh, so that's what I would say is the most important kind of like creating the correct environment for myself to be able to like go deep and then lots of handwriting.
1: Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So then um, you mentioned getting into a meditative space in order to songwrite, but what about, So now that you talk about songwriting itself as a meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, do you approach those two things separately or rather what is your, yeah, what's your
2: process? Yeah, that's so funny. It's like the pre-meditation right. and then the med- meditation. That's a very good point. Um, yeah, so for songwriting it's kind of like like yoga is basically um a series of moves for your body to get you in a place to be prepared to meditate right so like i feel that same way about like whatever i'm doing to get myself in a state to be able to songwrite it's like here are the things i have to do in order to be in the meditative space but it's true it's like the it's like (laughs) pre-gaming um pre game you will (laughs) 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 Um, And I have it's it's kind of different every time depending on what I need but like I spend a lot of time outside of those moments with um, learning other people's music and spending a lot of time with like different progressions and stuff so that I have like kind of skeleton structures to work within in the moment that I don't have to think about so I'm not like reinventing the wheel every time like I kind of have this bag of Um, progressions that I've been playing around with all the time on different instruments so that I always kind of have those to go to Mm -hmm. but songwriting process for me uh, melodies are quite easy for me but they're often in relation to words so for me words are very musical so when I'm writing there is like a sense of rhythm to them I'm like very aware of the rhythm of words so I think I have a bunch of I'll share one with you guys, but like I have a bunch of different kind of little songwriting games that I'll play with myself first of all, just to keep it like light and easy so that the bar is very low. It's not like I'm sitting down and I'm writing my masterpiece I'm like right. sitting down and like playing a couple word games with myself to see if I can like start to coax yeah. things out that I want to say, like a little therapy session with myself like gonna you know, start it start it very easy. <laughs> Like, how was your week, Cope? Like, (laughs) how are you doing? And then, you know, usually by like the end of the session is when you're like, okay, here's what's actually going on. And then everything spills out. So I would say very similarly with like writing process.
1: That makes sense. Oh, well, I'm into it. We listened actually before, like right before? We listened before before. But then we listened listened right before. But yeah, if I, if I may, uh, Sarah, do you want to give any, like, impressions or, like, um, it actually, it
0: it reminded me a lot of, um, actually, I said the wrong band earlier. it (laughs) It reminded me a lot of Mars Volta.
2: Oh, I love Mars Volta. I actually saw them in Chicago here at the Aragon. Really? Yeah. They were, like, they were, like, I don't know how else to say this, but kind of like the coolest musicians I'd ever seen on stage. Like everything was dark and they kind of like strutted out. And then it was just like a freaking wall of sound. Like it was the loudest concert for sure I've ever been to, but it was like mesmerizing. I was like, what just happened to me? (laughs) I appreciate the wall of soundness. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I, if I,
0: it felt like, Um, obviously it reminded me of Mars Volta but it's not them. It's very different. It's unique to yourself. I, I'm actually listening to this. I would be curious and wanting to like listen to more of your things, your music, not your things, your songs. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm a dancer. So songs, I'm like, are so, song, songs are things. Songs are things. things. Yeah. <laughs> um, They're in
2: the same bucket. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I'm curious because now hearing you talk about your process and how you do put a lot, you're, you're saying you put a lot of like your, um, your emotions and like there's like your your personal into what you're doing um
2: yeah I don't get when artists are like yeah I just like I choose a subject and I talk about that thing I'm like I don't what you like, do what
1: yeah <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So it's and then that's for me interesting because um I think for a while at least if I'm speaking about my process I was like a while I felt pretty resistant to to wanting to do that, to be very personal in my work. I think I wanted to talk about sub- other subject matters, more like socio-political topics. Um, but then like doing something, my um, my last piece was very personal and it was related to trauma as well. But um, it's it's just interesting to hear like your process and how, like how you're getting it out and then having to like that process of reflecting back to understand how you got to the present moment to like what is is out here is like interesting because I feel like I could relate whole wholeheartedly um yeah to that and what it means to actually bring out the personal but also make it relatable you know
2: that's so interesting that you said like this is something I think a lot about too is like the difference in art making between because I think it is tricky to come from. I think I have like ten things I want to say all at once. <laughs> Choose one, hope. Okay, um, starting ten sentences and finishing none of them. Hide um, like the, 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 the way. I think that like <laughs> I see a lot of like grant proposals on stage, essentially, and
1: oh, girl. While,
2: <laughs> I love, while I love, well, I love the like the thing of like well, what's the movement, and what's the ultimate message, and what are we fighting for, and like kind of this more I think you call it more like political art or kind of like having that thing that you can like move behind and push i I would love to do stuff like that. I have very rarely seen it work and not even mean like people didn't do it well, just like I'm not personally affected by that work like. Well, that's the, the best question. way for me to that is through personal story. Like right. if I'm being honest with myself, like tell me a love story and then I'll follow your movement, like kind of in whatever direction. Like I need, I need like the personal Feel thing first.
1: Authenticity rather than like, yeah. oh, everybody knows that this is a cause. So now I'm going to make my take on what the cause is. But the personal right. is political, right? Yeah. If- yeah. You and that's how people, you know, come to these sociopolitical realizations. It's not from like a a well written grant proposal embodied, but it's hey, this might not be my personal experience, but let me tell you about a personal story in my life that's the closest thing that I can get to it. If it's not, you know, your cause or whatever. It exactly.
2: Is. Yeah. Um, it so I had a tricky time with like, like, like about it. <laughs> that could totally. Be exactly. I had a really tricky time with like the Me Too movement, even though obviously I stand behind it and there should be an open space for people to react however they want to react, especially women like to take up the space to like scream and bleed or do whatever they wanted, you know, because when you have like a group of people who've been repressed for that long in that way and then finally something starts to come to the surface people like, oh, we might start talking about this in open, and open then like. I feel like the ground should be free for however they want to respond because the reality is that they were just like held down for so long, but like they get to say whatever they wanna say. So I definitely stand by that. But then as a woman who has experienced traumatic things like that, I was like, that's not how I, I don't know, I feel like as an artist, people are like, you should like make a work that represents that or whatever. And I was like, but that's not how I,
1: yeah, there's no right. should, first of all.
2: Yeah, yeah. And there there always is that thing of, like, well, you should tell your story. And it's, like, well, obviously. But, like, I, first of all, don't just tell my story when someone tells me to tell it. I, like, tell it when it makes sense for me. So there's a lot of, like, kind more
1: thing of... Uh, like more complicated than, yeah. than
2: that. Right, there's a lot of processing. I women
1: how to express themselves at all. I think we, we got right. it down. <laughs> I don't think, like a complaint about women is how like, a little we know how to express ourselves, even though it's like a generalization, but it's like, yeah, I know how to tell my story and I'm gonna wait Right. it's right for me until it makes sense, because it's not, it's not like a mixtape dropping, like I'm gonna drop my trauma, like I know you guys are waiting for it. And it's like, it has to, you have to be mentally okay. Mm -hmm. You have to be at a space of vulnerability. You don't owe your story to the internet or to any audience and when you do it, you know, it has to be, it has to be real. It has to be what you intended it to be. Right. Right. I like
2: that.
0: And what you said earlier too is, you know, art is a conversation. So especially putting out, um, if you're putting out this subject matter in relation to trauma, you have a responsibility in, in how you're guiding that conversation. I
2: love that. That's really beautiful. That's exactly what I think. I, I've never put into words. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, like, you should be like a, a filter or an app where I just <laughs> like say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I've done that work because at least a, in a live um, with dance, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it brings up things. And you know I've have been at performances where you know I see people walking out, so I I feel like it's really important that we have, especially for um, having you know stronger content that is going to be triggering. That we have the right people in place to assist and provide resources. Totally,
2: and that you've done. I, and what I got from what you said earlier was like kind of that. I'm sorry, my heaters are really loud all of a sudden my haters, they're like (laughs) like, ping, ping, ping. Like, I feel like on a personal level, you have to have, like, what's what's cathartic about art making is not that you just, like, you're like, blah, here's what I feel, but it's more that you've, like, taken the time to, like, do that on your own, but then kind of start to piece things together to start to understand a larger narrative and then kind of offer a through line. So it's not just, like, expression and like here I'm going to like bleed out on everybody that's like not cathartic and it's for me it's not creative and it's not craft it's like that's not what people need at least from my perspective like no. what's helpful is like I've felt those things and then I did this work to kind of understand how do I put these things in context how do I like you said guide the conversation and then how do I offer something that's an alternative so that I honor like The like the devastation and the true emotions behind it, but then I'm offering something that is like a perspective shift or like a way into it that is not just like chaos. Yeah, for sure. (laughs)
0: Because I do think that
2: there's like a responsibility of artists to guide safely through an experience, no matter how difficult. And I don't always see that done. I've walked out of a lot of shows myself too, where I feel like that wasn't being done. Whereas like. I put my trust in you to safely guide me, and I can tell that you're not taking that seriously. I've been
1: wrecked by, like, tiny theaters. (laughs) (laughs) they were like, let's just put it all on the table.
2: This country doesn't use educational institutions to educate young artists on the healing and connective power of art, only teaches them about art as a key to some kind of impossible-to-reach this systemic success yet somehow we always come back to our own creative truth to heal to love to connect and to live it's our nature and our lifeline mm-hmm. i love that
1: yeah it it's yeah. a lot i think it's true it's like tip of the iceberg getting into the tip of the iceberg system in exactly. art for sure but um who who did you say that quote was from
2: yada travieso i can send do you want me to put it in the chat for um uh, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but that's a conversation that comes up for me a lot like as as an educator and as a an artist like Mm I I agree that like craft is a really important part of art making obviously but like if you never kind of talk about why you're doing what you're doing then you end up with all these kids who have awesome skills but have complete existential crises and are like so anxious and so depressed and so you know there's like
1: if they don't understand their power. they're being equipped with all these tools. totally. yeah, they aren't telling them at the end of you know whatever they're learning, like this is your language to go out and communicate what you would like to communicate. You can say what you want to say after all these years of, you know being under an education systems where, you know, like choreography, like I grew up in choreography, doing other people's choreography, and it was so second nature to just embody someone else, like that was yeah. cool, and then, you know, cue now, I'm a lot more careful as a choreographer, because I don't want to graft myself onto other people, it's more about letting them know, it's like, what are you going to do with this prompt that I give you? Right. And like, please become a little me. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Who are some of your favorite choreographers, actually? Curious.
1: Okay. <laughs> so.
2: <laughs> I've worked with a lot of different choreographers who have like processes like you're talking about. Like, and I they're- see
1: a the whole theatrical like situation when I hear your song.
2: Yeah. I love it. I love it.
1: Um, but yeah, I think present day, what? You know, Poppy, like Paris. What's, uh, I never know how to say her name. Goble? Gobel? Mm-hmm. She is. I first saw her when I went to like World of Dance, uh mm-hmm. going to compete and stuff, like keep ever national. She's mm-hmm. from New Zealand. She was most recently on um Fenty's fashion show. She choreographed mm-hmm. the whole thing, I think. But yeah, she can choreograph with like tons of people and like make it a whole experience. And she like gives a lot of face. Um, and then I guess. I'm probably like school dance, most inspired by Katherine Dunham because mm-hmm. uh, I really yeah. love like that. Yeah. Uh, she's a black uh, modern dance pioneer and she yeah. created and expanded on her own pedagogy. She made it spiritual. She connected it back to the African diaspora because modern dance was, you know, the, I don't want to say the first, but like one of the most popularized first integrated truly American dance. There's mm-hmm. no color on it, and so mm-hmm. it was. It was really great to see how it freed up all these, um, all these dancer brains to be able to be like, okay, well, what else? There's ballet. That's one cultural dance. Like, what if I didn't splay out my hips? What if I just did, right. what I did in real life? And
2: right, yeah. That's interesting because that's so I started as a dancer. That was like my first art form that I really was into, and I was an apprentice in a ballet company when I was like a young teenager. Mm-hmm. And then I became anorexic, and like my parents pulled me out. I mean, like pretty much like eighty percent of people in ballet companies are anorexic. I mean, it's like it's not shocking. That's like kind yeah, it's of how that goes.
1: Reality.
2: Yeah, that's the whole thing. yeah. And uh but then I was starting to mess around. So I guess that has really shaped how I think I think about collaborating mm-hmm. because I feel like dancers more than any other artists are more open and willing to walk into a room where they have no idea what's going to happen and be totally fine with that. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: I agree. With <laughs> that. Whereas like once you get into music, I mean, yeah, some jazz musicians are open, but like within a very narrow field they're oh, like God. I'm open yeah, on this shit. I'm open on the blue, like I'll do the changes. If there are these changes, I'm open to you know what I mean. Yeah. But there's there's more great. openness there. But like, it's really amazing. I think dancers get not a bad rap. They're just underrated and they're the intelligent of
1: the performing arts totem pole. <laughs> <laughs> it goes like what, yeah. actors are the sparklies and then musicians. They're, they're, they're the
2: sparklies. like sparklies.
1: They're like out in these streets, but they're still like get held with the reverence. And the dancers is just like. They're invisible and just like wait, we need dancers. Call them. I need a hundred of them for Beyonce in a week. Like yeah. that's right, right, like right. add dancers and right. spirit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's nice. It's nice hearing. I want more dancers to do stuff like this, like speak.
2: <laughs> and- yeah, more like kind of like integrating <laughs> embodiment into. You're a yoga teacher, right, Sarah? Yeah. Yeah. So like integrating more. But that's like a big word for me. You know, I have like the three words I kind of walk around with daily where I'm like, these are what I want to be. And one of them is embodied and one of them is diligent and the other one is creative. Like I always want to be those three things, but to me embodied is the most important of all of those. It's right. like, I don't think that that has totally been trained into us as creatives necessarily, but there's this really great. So I live in Chicago and like I was, I have, been part of the Old Town School of Folk Music for a really long time because when I was 16 I moved here to work like to teach there and to kind of be connected with that community and they have this really amazing thing that's like a world music Wednesdays and they bring in some of like the top artists from around the world you can watch for free you can go to these concerts I think it's like a pay what you can situation and they brought all these incredible like top of the charts like African musicians, Latin American musicians, but I especially remember, say it again? The one in Lincoln Square? The one in Lincoln Square, yeah. They
1: have great programming.
2: Such great programming. And I remember I was always obsessed with like what they call world music, which is super unfair because it just, it's like one big conglomerate (laughs) word for not American music, but it's like-
1: African and Asian music.
2: What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I remember seeing like Dobe Ganor there and like Habib Kuwait, I mean like really super super famous but like because people don't know them here they don't really get big audiences but at all of those shows and I kind of became obsessed with that music I guess maybe you could consider it Afro pop but not really Mm -hmm. there's a lot of genres within there but like in those bands everybody sings, everybody dances everyone plays an instrument That's just how that works. It isn't separated.
1: And here it's kind of like you. Which one are you? I don't know, not right.
2: (laughs) Or like that there can be musicians who don't know how to move their their body. And it's like, what? What? (laughs) Of course,
1: like you're a drummer. You probably have some rhythm.
2: Right, 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, I do want to get into what we do every episode, which is the mindful groove. Um, mm-hmm. So we've gone over more traditional things like body, body scans, loving kindness, um, higher self meditation. We just did um, with your skill set and just your general practice, what you authentically do. Um, would you just kind of skim over kind of guide us through a little bit of what we were speaking about earlier, which was uh, this yeah. writing a meditation I'm yeah.
2: excited about. You want me to share my screen or you want me to just talk through it? Can just talk through it. Okay. Yeah. So do you guys have pen and paper?
1: Yes. I do. She's a yeah. teacher,
0: <laughs> She teaches.
2: Do it. So we're gonna do three columns on your paper. You just like draw two lines down the center and then one column you're gonna, <laughs> sorry, you're gonna label verb and then in another column you're going to write adjective and in another column you're going to write noun and real quick i just want you to come up with 10 for each of those you can like read through a book or a magazine and like word harvest if you want if you don't want to come up with all of them on your own but i want you to fill out 10 words for each of those columns real quick you said
1: verb adjective verb. noun
2: mm-hmm. okay. or we can do five if that's too much time for what you have right now
1: yeah, we'll do five and then for yeah. our little mini sewed, uh, one of us will do a longer guide the homies through okay. the long one. The 1900s. It's born green. in the 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's
0: pretty cool to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, we're witches of the 1900s. Uh,
2: How you doing? You need like uh, 30 more seconds or? Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll do get-
1: Sarah's trying to be thoughtful and I'm just like, what are the first words in my brain? <laughs> Not sure if that would make a great song, but that's a word. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I'm trying to be too creative. <laughs> Dang it. I'm, cool.
0: great,
1: I'm
0: good, I'm good. All
2: right. So now you can do this randomly, but I want you to match up one word from each column with another one. So it's kind of like the most tests in school where you just like match one to the other, but it can be, you don't have to think about it too intensely. You're going to make something out of it no matter what so it can be random or you can have your eye be drawn to certain things that's fine too i like to do random because i think too much if i allow myself to True.
1: wait are we connecting just one, one non- from each, each column just-
2: so one verb with one adjective with one yeah, noun yeah. and then once you've connected the lines i want you to put those three words together in like a little phrase you can just separate them by commas at first But then you're going to have five different little uh, three word connectors. So you just do one, two, three, four, five, and then put out your words just so you can see them together. Mm All righty. It's
1: a very vulgar song.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Those are just the first words that came to your head, too. (laughs) Yeah,
1: my mind is a theme park.
2: So once you've got those little collections, maybe find one that you feel like is the one you want to work with right now for the case of this short, shorter exercise, mm-hmm. and uh, start to expand on it. So you let's say you have. What are your Does anyone want to share what their three their favorite three word collections? Um,
0: Trek softly log.
2: Trek softly log. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So write those out, Track softly, log. (laughs) And then start to, you can add prepositions, you can move them around so that, like, softly something into the something, you know, so you can add a bunch of words in between to start to create different sentences. So see if you can come up with four different phrases out of those words. If you want to drop a word, that's fine. Obviously, you can add a bunch of words, but see where that Begins to take you for one of your little three, three clips.
1: Delightful. Are we sharing?
2: <laughs> you don't. Ha- you don't have to if you don't want to. Okay. Let me know when you have four <laughs> different sentences from that, though.
1: Out of those three, okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I have to say those three words four times.
2: You can take them out so like like if I were doing the trek softly log, mm-hmm. I one of my sentences was just I held the soft I softly I. So I took out trek and log. I just like kind of you, there's not a whole lot of rules once you get to this point. It's just that you're trying to distill cuz the hard thing with writing is like I could say anything and then you're like i'll just say nothing <laughs> like, so it's kind of getting you to get really distilled and then you take the rules away and then you let your subconscious kind of go with the three that are in front of you so you can keep knocking things off or adding things the last step though is to rip up i ultimately you do this with all five so that you have many different like options for verse content and then you rip the paper so like all of your little lines rip them up so you have many different little pieces of paper and you can start to rearrange them on the floor Ooh. to start to move ideas around. And then you start to free write and build off of that. So it's like a tactile, more tactile writing, arranging experience.
1: Songwriting mosaic.
2: Songwriting mosaic. I love that.
1: But I feel like I could even use this in a dance rehearsal. That is Totally.
2: A- I love dance rehearsals that start with writing films. Oh,
1: yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my dears. That is all the time that we have for today. But hope thank you so much. Yeah. Quick, tell us where to find you out in the world.
2: So I'm on Instagram. I'm very uh active there. Uh, Apple Music and Spotify. I have a lot of music on there. My YouTube channel is great. I've been uploading a lot of music videos and always my website, hopelitwin.com for more. Ooh,
1: amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much. This is super fun. Thank you. All right.
0: Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Mindful Grooving is an A. Goon Artists Collective production created and hosted by Brittany Harlan and Sarah Maslenka. Original music for this podcast was graciously produced by Kenny Leffridge, Boyan Matsipola, Mateo Mendoza, and Josh Luis. Be sure to subscribe to Mindful Grooving to stay up to date on all the latest episodes and mini Also, follow Mindful Grooving on Instagram at Mindful Grooving. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye.